Hi guys and welcome to episode 12 of The Dreamer's Disease. My name is Alex and on each episode we'll hear the inspirational story of someone who is out in the world and really following their passion. So on this week's episode I'm joined by the amazing Slumflower. She is a blogger, a presenter, a speaker, um, but overall she carries a message and, and shares a message of learning to love yourself more and accepting yourself for who you are to really achieve the best version of yourself. During the chat, we talk about everything from female empowerment, particularly her Saggy Boobs Matter article, her blocking parties. She also gives us some amazing tips on how to love yourself better and how to use that to become the best version of yourself. We also discussed the good and bad impact social media can have and the effects of some of it. And also she gave us our thoughts on how the school system can do better to educate children in the world of social media and the things that they it can do to create themselves from suffering from you know depression anxiety social pressures etc etc so thank you to those of you who so far have subscribed on itunes who have followed on instagram and those of you who are leaving reviews it all means so much if you do like what you hear in this episode please make sure you share it with a friend who you think may also enjoy the message so without waiting about anymore let's jump straight in Hey guys, so I am joined by a very special, amazing, inspirational young lady by the name of Chidira, aka The Slumflower. Hi. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for joining me today. Um, We've already had amazing conversations off mic. um, Yeah. (laughs) So I'm hoping we're going to have some amazing conversations on (laughs) mic. Yes, we will. um, Which I'm sure we will. So to start off with, can you tell us a bit about who you are and a little bit about what you do? So I'm 22, I'm an award-winning blogger and creative director of a vacation rental company called Inclusive and I'm also a presenter for Mobo Awards web content. Nice, okay, so you do a lot of stuff obviously. I do better right? things. And the first thing I want to know is, can you can you tell me a bit about your upbringing? Because obviously you come from Nigerian mm-hmm. background, right? Mm-hmm. So you're born and raised in the, within a Nigerian household. Yes. Like, how has that been for you and what was the kind of things that you've learned through that in your childhood? So, being Nigerian my whole life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I'd hope so. <laughs> lived in Peckham my whole life. And having been in that environment, it's made me had to learn the hard way to fight to be understood. Yeah. Um, majority of Nigerian parents do not understand the kind of jobs that we are creating for ourselves in this generation. So, my mom literally has no... She doesn't really get what I do. She's mm. just really proud of me, but she doesn't know why yeah. she's proud. She's just like, I'm proud of you, <laughs> but she's really confused. Yeah. Because how I began doing all this was just me sneaking to go like, because I had an iPod. Um, you know, those iPods that can connect to the internet, but it doesn't take a SIM card. I had yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah. And I'd oh, use wow. that to create, I was like back in the day, I'd use that, create a social media profile and just be talking and being really, really silly online then back in like 20... 13 2012 so I was a bit of a comedian online I was really really ignorant and silly so the people who know the old me probably remember that but I just basically rebranded and decided that I'm going to take myself a lot more seriously and actually start to apply apply more attention to things that I care about so I started working with brands through my blog theslumflower.com and brands would send me free like garments and shoes yeah. my mum would be like where are you getting all this free stuff from she thinks some weird man is sending me stuff because she doesn't understand that brands can actually believe in you and yeah. send you stuff and the time was very early in what I was doing so she didn't get it that someone would believe in me enough to send me the stuff for free and so the issues arose when 
I'd get invited to events and they'd finish quite late and I'd get in trouble for going to events. And I'd be trying to explain to her, look, mom, like I'm trying to get you a Ferrari. If you just allow me to go to these events, I will build up a profile and a career that is large enough for me to give you the life you deserve. But I can't do this if you're blocking me yeah. from actually going to the events. Yeah. But she doesn't get it at all. Yeah. How often does she remind you about the Ferrari now? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Literally, she calls me her Lamborghini. She's like, if my brother like accidentally hits me, she's like, that's my Lamborghini, don't break her. Like, <laughs> she knows now that I'm about to give her the life that she wants. But the pivotal moment for both of us was when, this is a story that most people don't know. I've yeah. only told like three, four people. So it's really random. But what happened was I was um, filming a music video of Kendrick Lamar, which mm -hmm. is not going to come out. And the video shoot lasted till like 4 a.m. Wow. I have an 11 p.m. curfew and I can only really use that curfew like maybe once or twice a week at most. 4 a.m. I got home. I received the beating of my life. Like I was a big woman. I was like 20, was it, 21 when it's happened. Yeah. Received a strong beating. <laughs> All my days, it was a life-changing beating. But like, it didn't make sense because I'm like, mom, I'm with a Grammy award-winning rapper filming a music video. I'm literally styling him and you're angry because I got home four hours later than I should have got home. Like, She has the mindset where I don't care about what you're doing, just don't disobey me. Yeah. So it's really hard to have a creative journey with parents that care more about you respecting them than actually you just doing the work. But it changed after that because she's starting to take me a lot more seriously because mm. she's seen that other people are taking me seriously. And... It doesn't make her a bad person for not understanding me. It's just with a lot of parents that have been raised in a different side of the world, they don't believe what you're doing until they see that it's reaping actual results. Like they will not believe that you're doing anything until you become a household name, yeah, literally. Of course. And I know it sounds sad, but it's just the way that our parents have been wired to think. So yeah. The only way that we can prove to them is to literally just do the work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, do you know, I think most parents of our generation would be very similar because they're not, like I said, they're not wired. They don't have the mechanics to understand it, mm. right? So, I mean, my parents are, can be quite similar in a way. Like, they don't get a lot of the stuff I do, which mm -hmm. and I, I feel like a lot of people <laughs> in the same position. You're constantly trying to have to, like, not prove yourself, but you, like, do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, you have to earn the no, yeah, validation. Like, exactly, yeah. And you kind of, obviously, you're going to feel like that because of your parents, of right? Of course. Um, so, what, what would you say is the most important, actually, not the most important, the most impactful thing that you've learned from your mum? The most impactful thing I've learned from my mom is don't let your kindness kill you. Mm. And she always says that when in the scenario of when you have friends and you're, you believe that you're trying to do the right thing, yeah. you end up doing the wrong thing and it just ruins everything. And it puts you in a situation where you now become the person that's vilified for trying to fix things. So she basically just says, just learn when to mind your business. Yeah. And she also always says to me, silence can never be misquoted, nice. which is very self-explanatory. So it's basically, that's what I've applied to my life the whole time, just learning when to just pull back a bit and let people learn by themselves. Because as much as you can love someone to the moon and back, you can't force them to learn from life. You've got to let life happen to them a little. And then if they learn on time, then they learn. If they don't learn, it's not your fault. Yeah. That's oh. what I've had to learn. <laughs> wise woman, wise woman. She really is. Yeah. So, so where did you get the name the slum flower from? So having lived in Peckham my whole life, yes. I've seen Peckham go from a place where you tell someone you're from Peckham, they ask you if you've got a gun on you, yeah. to suddenly, oh my gosh, we're going to Peckham to have some drinks at Frank's Bar. It's so cool. There's a new Chanel exhibition in Peckham. So it's changed into this really cool mini version of Shoreditch. Mm. And 
why I chose the name The Slum Flower is because I wanted to kind of embody Tupac's concept of the rose growing from concrete um, in the sense that I wanted to represent this beautiful, hopeful thing growing from an environment that promotes everything except for my growth. And the name was directly inspired by Street Etiquette's project called Slum Flower. And they're a pair of photographers and the concept was surrounding this young boy I think he was like seven and he was living in Brooklyn and he had this really cool sartorial sense of style and he Mm. loved flowers and for the environment that he lived in in Brooklyn you would never expect that from such a young black boy and so that's what I kind of felt like I identified with in that concept and that's how the name grew on me nice it's sick that Thank you very much. Definitely unique, right? And Thank well, you. particularly for like for what you do, and it yeah, it, it's it sits very well in in the world of which you're kind of building yourself into. Um, but when when did you start, or do you feel like you started to develop into the slum flower and start? Because as you mentioned, you were doing like some kind of comedy stuff. Yeah. But when did you <laughs> when did you decide to take that moment of take yourself more seriously and develop into like a the blogger and the kind of going into the styling that you do as well? I decided to take myself seriously around. 2015 um from 2014 to 2016-ish I was in a collective mm-hmm. um and I was with really awesome people and they were it involved some photographers so they would help me take photos for my blog so we were all basically just a bunch of young people adding value to each other's lives while learning at the same time and it was a really great environment but then I realized that we just had very different values um they just didn't respect me as much as I hoped they would so I decided to leave and for me that was the biggest risk I took because I was very used to being in a group I was very used to being around other people that would bring sort of bring opportunities my way rather than me having to go and do the actual work and do it myself because it's really it's a safe it's kind of a safety net to be in a collective I feel um but I decided, okay, it's time for me to do my own thing now. I think my opinions are too strong for you guys, so I need to leave, honestly. So I left, and it, what's kept me going is just knowing I don't want to. I don't want to have to go back to the same people that yeah. I left and be like, okay, maybe you guys are right. And so I decided that I'm gonna, I'm gonna have those strong opinions. I'm going to be that person that challenges people because. I've learned as well that people remember you when you challenge them, mm-hmm. and even if it's for a good or a bad reason, they still remember you. Um, and I've also learned that we have a very limited time here on earth. So you might as well be as much of yourself as you can be whilst being respectful and not harming anybody, including yourself. So yeah. what inspired my journey of becoming the person that I am now is just being really headstrong and stubborn and strongly believing that I do have the value that I believe I have and that I'm going to make sure that people see that. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, the first time I think I stumbled across you and there's been like a couple of points, but I think I saw an interview you do, did with Jam Supernova. Yeah. And I listened to it and I was like, wow, okay, this girl's amazing. So I started keeping an eye on the stuff you were doing. And I think the thing that really caught my eye was at the back end of last year, I think it was, you were doing like a set of Twitter threads, which was like, leave like the bad friends <laughs> behind, like yeah, leave yeah. bad relation. And it was like literally like... Loads of them. Yeah, like 30 tweets within yeah. the threads. And yeah. The response that they were getting I wasn't even I was obviously I was looking at what you were writing but I was looking more at the kind of response that other people were getting and realizing that there's a lot of people who obviously relate to you on a level of I feel like that like mm-hmm. it's good to feel like that or I should believe like that or I should do that was that always a kind of important thing for you is to kind of create that element around you as the slum flower yes I feel that as an influence 
influencer yeah. quotation marks because I really I really don't like that word anymore. Nah, but for the sake of conversation, I feel yeah. like as an influencer, I have a duty to represent the people who gravitate towards me. And that's what I believe a real influencer is. A real influencer is someone that changes the way someone thinks. Yeah. It's not just about convincing someone to use your voucher code and buy clothes. It's more about allowing someone to view themselves in a way that makes them make a decision by their self. Yeah. And so through doing that, I'm literally not just leading by example, but living by example. So anything that I'm speaking about, I'm literally living it. Like the most recent thing I was talking about in terms of like the threads that I make is Saggy Boobs Matter. Yeah. And that's been, oh my God, like it's so, it's so difficult because there's this whole theme of female empowerment going around yeah. and I, I really think it's great and it's progressive. But the issue that, I have with female empowerment is that it's becoming very self-serving and it's becoming yeah. very not necessarily narcissistic but brands are just dragging it and watering down the real reason of it mm. and what I feel female empowerment really is is you're literally putting yourself in a position where you are taking blows and you're sacrificing your sanity yeah. and your mental health and your yeah. peace to get a message across yeah. and the people that I love that are all about empowering women including grace victory um are people who literally put themselves on the line for their message and yeah. i feel like i'm literally putting myself on the line yeah. for this message like i'm putting my body online i'm putting my message online and people are giving me their responses and when you put a message or an image online it becomes public property so mm. you can't control what people think you can't control how people choose to respond and i'm in a position where i have to choose not to internalize that mm -hmm. because nothing anybody ever does yeah. is, is because of you and so I'm still getting that message across like I literally received a message from a 17 year old girl telling me mm. that she was going to go to a GP appointment to get yeah. a breast lift done and she saw my post about Saggy Boo's Matter and mm. she decided she doesn't want to go anymore yeah. I can't even believe someone as young as 17 yeah. was going to do that yeah. like, the whole procedure to change your body yeah. it's nothing to do with like, your body's functioning fine because it's different if they're literally stopping you from living, but it's nothing to do with anything. You want to get a procedure yeah. done at 17 years old. And the crazy old. thing is, it's, it's you know, she would have been doing it more to please other people than to please herself. And to please other people's view or opinion on her rather than how she actually feels about herself. And what I found was genius about the Saggy Boobs Matter piece, can we call it a piece? Yes, you can. It was a piece, It was yeah. a piece. Was that you were like, okay, cool. This is my body. This is how I am. I can't change it. I can't do anything. The fact this is the way I am, like I accept myself for this. Like you guys should accept my, accept me for this, mm -hmm. but also accept yourselves yeah. for your flaws. Yeah, and that's where you started to see the real element of like other women going, "Oh my God, I can relate to this." And right. it's just like a flood of, you know, responses, responses and interaction, yeah. and you know, it's a real. Did you and did you write that piece as a obviously to be open, but b was it like? I want to reach out to people who have saggy boobs as well. Or was it you, you You thought, I'm going to put myself on the line, as you've just you know mentioned, and you know I know other people are going to relate to it. What was the kind of real thought process yeah. behind it? The thought process behind it was I've been shamed for my body so many times, mainly by guys, and it made me 
develop a complex where I felt like my body was literally wrong. Mm. And I remember seeing so many beauty campaigns, even when I'm going to Marks and Spencer to buy bras and all the models wearing bras have like super perky boobs. And then when I try the bras on, my boobs don't look like that. And I'm like, yeah. something is clearly wrong. <laughs> like literally, yeah. I'd believe something is wrong with my body yeah. because I've not seen anybody who looks like me in a position of success. Yeah. And so I realized, okay, that means something is wrong here. And if I am if I put myself in a position where I'm going to wait for someone else to represent me, it's not going to happen with the way the world is designed and set up. So I have to literally be the representation that I want to see. Yeah. Because I realize in life that you literally cannot be what you can't see. Like if you don't see someone else in that position, you're not going to think you can reach that because the thought just doesn't connect at yeah, all. Of and so I've realized there are a lot of people who look, feel and think like me especially young black girls. So I have to put myself in a position where if I have the knowledge and I have applied that knowledge in a way that it successfully serves me, then that means that I must share that knowledge if I want the world to be a better place because the world is a better place when everyone loves themselves. And if I want the world to be a better place, I have to encourage people to do the work and love themselves. But I yeah. can't tell them to do that work if I'm not doing that work. And through me doing that work, it means I have to literally be as clear with the message as possible. Yeah. So literally post a picture of my saggy boobs with a very clear statement saying, hi, these are my boobs. <laughs> Feel free to sexualize them if you want, but it's not about that. It's about the message. And I have to get this message across because there are a lot of young people yeah. that are developing insecurities from younger and younger and younger ages. Like people as young as 14 already don't like their bodies. I'm like, your body hasn't even finished developing yet. And you don't like it. Yeah. You've got a lot more to go. Yeah. So I have to be in that position and I've been put in this position so I have to live up to it and just do the work yeah yeah I mean it's, it's so much yeah it's well it's, it's pretty intense isn't it and it really is but what I find incredible is that I'm not a young black woman with saggy boobs or any you know what I mean I'm not <laughs> yeah. but I can still relate to what you've you've written and I think that's that has real power within itself is that you transcend almost gender and race with your message because they're is a bigger message within right. it. And, you know, it's stuff that I kind of believe in and obviously all the, your kind of followers and the people who interact with you also believe in. That is an incredible feat, no matter what. Thank you. And you've just, so another thing I want to talk about is you've just had your, well, recently the blocking party. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to take any <laughs> offense to anything you say now as <laughs> a non-female. Um, <laughs> But can you, again, like what, what was the kind of inspiration behind wanting to put that together? Yeah. What was it like being there? I saw some clips so of some of the stuff that you were you were saying and, and some of the kind of videos that were getting tweeted back to yeah. you and you're obviously retweeting. Um, tell me a bit about that event and so, where it came from, how it was like, and all of that. So the name Block Him Party was actually directly inspired by the 90s kind of term, term of block party yeah. where you have a party on an estate block. And so... Why I'm having a block him party is because it's directly inspired by one of the threads that you were talking yeah, about. Yeah. That I wrote about women needing to take charge of their space and block men that have literally caused damage to their lives. Yeah. Lives like there are women that I've there's women that I've met that have had irreversible damage done to them, like done to their lives. And through having this block him party, it was literally a room full of women that have just come out of really bad relationships mm -hmm. and. It was an opportunity for them to meet other women that have gone through it so they can actually make friends because when you've come out of a breakup, the, the people that you gravitate towards are women that are also really hurting because then you can just both really process your emotions together, yeah. cry together, complain about guys yeah. together if you want to. 
but it was also full of women who just simply want to improve themselves. So we actually had a party where we were just dancing to music that was themed around yeah. empowerment and taking charge of your life. But then there was an actual talk that I did at 9pm yeah. on the night. And I spoke about, you know, five ways in which you can actually get over him and get your life back, including yeah. an actual action plan you can take from now yeah, to apply yeah. to your life. But also understanding that nothing anybody ever does is because of you. And if that person can put you through that much pain, then you have to imagine what kind of pain they're going through because nobody who loves herself chooses to hurt someone else. Yeah. And it's really, really hard to believe that it wasn't your fault, but it really wasn't your fault. Like someone can be really, really horrible to you, but you can still choose to not be horrible back. Yeah. So everything that we do is a choice. And the best you can do is just get on with it and do the work because you can either choose to allow that person to have ownership of your life by you being depressed about it for the rest of your life, mm. or you can choose to let the pain lead you into making better decisions and just allowing yourself yeah. to be hurt until you heal. Also become, it also becomes like a reminder, isn't it? Of it like, does. You know, like I said, the pain, let that remind you of how you felt and bettering mm -hmm. yourself and, you know, finding a better relationship or, you know, finding a better group of friends or a group of friends Literally, who will support you that you can talk to about. That's what's brought, brought me up to this point. Like, yeah. if my friend always jokes about this and says, don't piss Chidi off because she will literally yeah. turn it into a project. Like, yeah. if you make me angry, if you hurt my feelings, yeah. I'm going to channel that positively into something that will benefit my life. Yeah. So, like, I've had really horrible relationships with people, like, friendships, whatever you can call it. I've decided I'm going to write a book. And yeah. I'm actually now in the process of actually signing a deal. Nice. Like, it started out as a joke. Literally, because people would be tweeting me things like, oh my God, Chidi, you should write a book. I can't wait till you write a book. I'm going to print it. People are, are like tr printing my tweets out mm. and like screenshotting oh. them and using them as screensavers. I see people sending tweets of mine to like, their friends. Like, people really? literally meet me in the street and they're like, just so you know, I sent my sister your thread and it's helped her so much. So I used to think when people tell me to write a book that they're being sarcastic or just, <laughs> you know, when someone's just being nice to you because yeah, they yeah, like yeah. you. I never took it seriously. Then I was like, okay, you know what? Let me actually just write this damn book everyone's telling me to write. So what I did was I went through my tweets and I found the messages that I've put out that I feel that are the strongest. Mm -hmm. And I decided to just expand on those messages. Oh, wow. So the book is going to be a very easy to read kind of book because I'm, I'm that person who will literally with full concentration read a whole page and I literally cannot tell you what I read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I'm a exactly really bad... It's Terrible so reader. bad. Terrible. It's, I can only take in 140 characters at a time, thanks to using social media all the time. <laughs> yeah. But it's so, I cannot tell you what yeah. I read. It's so, so bad. Yeah. And so I've designed the book in a way where it's for the millennial yeah. person who has a very short attention span. Yeah. And it's okay. got pictures in there as well, yeah. all my artwork. Why I've done that is because if something is hurting you, then it carries a message and it's trying to teach you something about yeah. yourself. So all that pain I've been carrying has come from me just not knowing when to stop when it comes to understanding boundaries of other people and understanding that you can't love someone into loving you and you can't force someone to value you. All you can mm. do is just be the best and nicest person or, or the, best, the best and kindest person you can be to them. Yeah. And just hope they can return that kindness. And if they don't, then that's because of them. It's not because of you. You yeah. should still continue loving elsewhere. Yeah. And if I didn't go through that pain and disappointment and I wouldn't have the perspective that I have now. So I'm thankful to all those people who irritated me because they have contributed to the person that I am now. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's a lot of the time people are unable to love you or show respect or whatever it may be to you because they don't actually love themselves. Right. And, you know, by what you're trying to do and the messages you're creating and hopefully with the book as well, you're sharing that message of like, we need to love ourselves better or more than what we currently are and then yeah. you know 
the world can only change person by person. You're not going to change mm-hmm. a whole group of people. So At if you once, start with yourself, yeah. like you can then, you know, hopefully try to bring that onto the other people that you have direct contact mm-hmm. with and stuff. Um, but like, so what would you say, right? Would what would be your like main tips for like showing yourself more self love? Do you have like a yeah. a regime? Not a regime. That's <laughs> well, like, yeah, like I mean a, that can be a regime. A set of stuff that stuff that you do every morning, or like what what would be your kind of <laughs> top five or whatever tips that that to 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 show more self-love to yourself i think my first one is that self-love isn't just about saying i'm amazing self-love mm-hmm. is also about saying i'm terrible but i'm trying and understanding that you can do better so if you love yourself then you create more room for yourself to grow because with love comes understanding and if you make the room to understand yourself then you understand that okay, I'm really bad and I need to work on being better at communicating or I need to work better on not being flaky. And so I'm going to make the effort to not be a flake or I will communicate that I just can't come full stop. And through doing that, you get into more of a habit of sticking to your standards and Mm -hmm. implementing more boundaries. Um, Another tip as well that I have used to be a better self-lover is to surround yourself with people who have traits that you would like to emulate because doesn't matter who you're around you're still going to pick up their traits if you're around them for a long time without you even noticing or whether you try not to even if you try to consciously not be like them you're going to still find something about them that you're going to take on so you're better off being around people who have more positive traits than negative traits Mm -hmm. um which is what I've recently done. Like my closest friends are yeah. women who are literally bossing it up, like curating stuff at VNA and like yeah. doing all these big things. And I'm learning about their habits that put them in positions yeah. to get those opportunities. Yeah. And it comes from them being work hard working. It yeah. comes from them choosing choosing themselves over other people. And it comes from them also learning to pick their battles as well. Yeah. So yeah, I've like recently a, a real life purge of your yeah (laughs) yeah oh my gosh i've had so many like i'm one of those people yeah i can't i can't imagine myself having a birthday party because i I think like four people would appear because i'm that kind of person i envy i seriously envy people that have like 25 homegirls at their birthday parties i'm like how are you able to maintain these friendships so well because i'm the kind of person if i realize or if i clock if i notice that you are about to send me into a 2015 version of myself yeah. that, I have, that i've outgrown yeah. i'm about to get rid of you because yeah. you're actually distracting me from my purpose by you yeah. being super annoying yeah. and what i mean by super annoying is people who they just don't want to let life teach them like they yeah. refuse to learn their lessons and what i mean by that is people who an example is they will have a problem a very easily fixable problem if they just look into themselves hard enough yeah but instead of for them to do the work, they'll come to you with the same problem. You give them advice that will literally clean them of their problems for the rest of their life, but they will still not take the advice. Mm. But then they'll come to you again with the same problem. Mm. You give them advice, it's a repeat, 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 and it's just only draining you and they're not doing anything themselves because they don't want to do the work. You have to cut that person off. And it doesn't mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing to cut them off. Sometimes it's out of love because sometimes people don't learn until they're alone. Like I've realized that you learn the most about yourself when you're on your own. And a lot of us, including myself in the past, don't make enough time to be on our own. A lot of people like to hide from themselves through the presence of others because it's like a distraction in a sense. If you're hanging out with your friends and you don't have to actually focus on yourself, you can focus on your friends, focus on being the entertainer. Yeah. Like people who are the entertainer, including myself, 
tend to be people that are running away from their problems mm. because it's like more fun to work and are like, let me fix you instead instead of fix myself. And that's really bad. So I've had to learn definitely make room to be alone, make out time to be alone on your ones. It's really important. Like learn to be comfy on your ones basically. Yeah. And is there any other tips you've got for self-love? Yes, I do have more. Another tip I so have is- you off. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's all right. Another tip I have as well is, okay, so you know, like when you're in, in an email conversation with someone and they're giving you really like passive aggressive tone and stuff and you're yeah. kind of realizing that it's going a bit left and left and left, trying not to indulge in that bad energy and understanding that that person is reflecting internal dysfunction because I've realized that nothing's ever really that deep mm. when you think about it. Yeah. Yes, some stuff are deep, like death is really deep, but in the grand scheme of things, you are still alive, you're still here, you still have the chance to create the life that you want for yourself. And a disagreement is really not that deep, I've realized. So it's like learning to prioritize what you indulge in or what you invest your emotions in because your emotions are extremely expensive, extremely valuable. Like your time is literally the most valuable thing you have. Like it has infinite value on a global scale Like because mm. no one can get it back. Um, it's more expensive than a Hermes handbag. Like literally time is like the most valuable thing you have. And so learning to dedicate that time to bettering yourself, because you can still be a better person, even if you're going to a party at like Visions or something, yeah. but you're meeting people that are the kind of people that you want to be, or you're putting yourself in a position where you're forcing yourself to be more sociable because mm -hmm. you, you struggle with social anxiety. That time you're spending is still time that's going towards yourself. So I feel like time spent on yourself is never time wasted. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yes, I agree with all of that, by the way. That's, and I'm like taking mental notes. Over I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Visions. Um, yeah, Go Visions. That's what I took from that, that whole picture. Like, yeah, yeah, everything else, Go Visions. Go Visions more. Go out more, party more. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like, yeah, it's, it's all very, it's very crazy because we do, and there's a lot of this, you know, obviously social media has helped you and probably hindered you in, in mm -hmm. the same kind of way, mm -hmm. in a sense of like, you see, you know, speaking about the whole psyche boobs thing and yeah. you know, your body and the way you look or whatever it may be, but it's also helped you in terms of like, get your message out there. But how important or how, how much of an impact or a negative impact do you think it has or can have on people? So with me, um, when I was earlier on in my social media career, yeah. the negative impact it had on me was that I was obsessing more over the followers that I had mm. rather than the substance of what I'm doing. So for example, I'd get to 10K followers, then I'd be like, 10K is nice, yeah. But mm. then I've seen that my homegirl over here has got 20K followers and she seems to be living good. Yeah. She seems to have it all. And I feel like once I get to 20K, I'm going to have it all. I'm going to live good and I'm going to be mentally healthy. I get to 20K and I'm like, okay, I hear that, but I want 30K now because homegirl over here who's got 30K, I get to 30K and I'm like, okay, 30K is cool. It's cute. But what about 100K? Because yeah. like, if I get 100K, I'm getting free flights everywhere, first class, and I'm going to just be living good. It doesn't end at all. Yeah, yeah, you, I've learned that you have to be content with where you are because we all have this belief that, oh, in five years time, I'm going to be a lot happier because mm. I'm going to have all the things that I said I want to have. But then you're not going to be happier in five years time if you're not happy where you are now mm. because your happiness is relative to your perspective. And also your happiness is relative to how sad you allow yourself to be yeah. because the emotional spectrum literally is like, the sadder you are, then 
the happier that you can actually be because yeah. if you know real, real, real darkness, then you can get super excited when you see light. So it's like you kind of have to learn to find the balance and learn to understand that you're where you need to be. Like with me, I've been on like 30,000 followers for like forever. And I know for sure that I would be way further than I am now if I decided to be a lot more neutral mm. with my voice and with yeah. my message. But I understand that my purpose is not to be liked. My purpose is to put forth a message that will extend beyond myself. Like mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a, it's just small me in this massive universe, but I feel like I have a duty to create the change that I want to see. And if I want to create that change, I cannot afford to be neutral. I cannot afford to be likable. I cannot afford to put myself in a position where every brand will want to flock towards me. Yeah. I have to do the work and me doing the work means I have to compromise on the immediate success that I would get if I chose to be neutral. Do yeah. you get what I mean? Yeah, of course. And what, like, because the thing that I find, right, is I do a job that's of social media based. So I spend a lot of time online. I mean, a lot mm -hmm. of time, like, you know, we're talking nearly like probably, obviously while <laughs> I'm at work, plus when I get home, probably oh like 12 God. hours a day. Like it's, it's detrimental to your health. Like yeah. your, certainly your mental health. But so how many how many hours do you find yourself online and what kind of impact do you think that can have on you as a person, but also with the message that you're trying to get across? Um, so because I'm online so much, like like you were saying, like every single the only time I'm not online is when I'm sleeping <laughs> and when <laughs> and when I literally force myself to go yeah. hang out with my mum in yeah. her room. And hopefully just when to, you're like in the bath or the shower. When I'm in the bath, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then I've had to, I've actually turned off my Twitter and Instagram notifications yeah. because if I leave my notifications on, oh, my battery will die. Yeah. Like it's that, it's at that point. Um, but also because I don't want to be distracted when I'm actually in a real life conversation yeah. with someone. So that I literally have no notifications on, like my phone's literally always on do not disturb mode. Yeah. And I will check when I go and unlock my phone when I've left the moment that yeah. I'm trying to preserve. Um, but it can be really, really harmful for your mental health, especially with the notifications thing, because mm. a notification creates a dopamine rush. And then mm -hmm. you go to check it. It's like, oh, someone's checking yeah. for me. Someone has interacted with me. Yeah. Let me go check. Because yeah. it is it is a rush and it does give you like an ego boost. Yeah. But then to an extent, you now have to be asking yourself, why am I doing this? Who am I doing this for? Like before you post something, who am I posting this for? Mm. Why am I choosing to post this? Why am I choosing to say this? Um, and so I ask myself that a lot before I post something. Most of the time the answer is for me, bitch. <laughs> so like, I don't, I don't, um, how do I explain it? Like I, I don't upload something if I feel like it's not for me. If yeah. I feel like it's not, if it's if I feel like it's not feeding into my message, basically. Yeah. So like, it's really easy to be petty online, so easy. But I feel like if you're doing that, then you're going a step backwards. So yeah. it's just kind of being your own parent. And it's like, really, before you do something, ask yourself like, is this going to communicate the message you want? One, two, is this going to better the world by you saying or sharing this opinion or mm. statement? Yeah. So yeah, you've got to be extremely mindful on social media, yeah. especially just looking after yourself as well. Yeah. And because those those posts and those tweets or those photos, whatever, they live there for eternity essentially. They do, yeah. And anything that you 
put out that is kind of, you know, overly negative or, you know, whatever kind of, you know, connotation of that, that there may be can always come back to bite you as well. And it's not like I'm saying be like, wash yourself down and <laughs> be like really like PC on social. Yeah. Obviously you, you don't do that, but mm-hmm. you, you do it in a way that benefits you and the people that you're trying to inspire. Yeah, I um, think it's just like finding the balance between serving others whilst still serving yourself. Yeah. I think it's very, very possible, especially in this narcissistic generation mm-hmm. that we're in now. Because yeah. social media is encourag- encouraging us to be more and more narcissistic. You've got yeah. Instagram with a new update where you can upload 10 photos at once. Yeah. Like, that is there for a reason. It's because they've been monitoring our social habits and seeing that people love looking at themselves. So why not give you the option of posting 10 photos of yourself at once? Everyone yeah. can scroll left to go look. So with that being said, I think it's just important that whilst being narcissistic, which I don't think is a bad thing, because I think what makes being narcissistic bad is how you choose to treat other people. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that being said, you just have to be mindful of how you treat other people, because yes, nothing anybody ever does is because of you, but your actions can still have an effect on someone and you still are responsible for that. Like you can't just go up to someone and punch them in the face and then tell them to yeah. not be offended because nothing anybody else does is because of you. Yeah. No, you have to still be, res- like, you're still accountable for yeah, the energy you put out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's very important. There's a lot of people, and I'm probably, you know, culpable of it myself, is not like carrying myself with the right energy some of the time or all the time, most of the time, whatever, whoever it is. Um, and that really feeds into other people and the energy that they pick up on. Mm-hmm. And if that energy is not a positive energy, people sense that straight away like there's a there's yeah. a quote i can't remember it word for word and i'm really bad at remembering quotes word for word because i literally <laughs> screenshot and write everything down but it's along the lines of your energy introduces yourself oh, before, before you, you speak. do yeah yeah, before yeah, you speak. Yeah, yeah yeah and that's so true it's so it it's such a powerful quote or message that yeah. because and it's something that you know even with the whole self-love thing that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. that's something that you should really be conscious of is yeah how you're how not how are you other people perceiving you in a way no, like how people are how, judging you but how course. are you perceiving what value your, are you yeah. bringing to the world yes exactly yeah and, and what does your energy that you carry around with you say about that absolutely that's very important as well because you know you might walk past someone at work or in the street or on the tube and you might be there with a moody face but actually you're thinking something really nice and happy but you <laughs> they think that you've looked at them in the wrong way yeah and now they're pissed off because they think, oh, this guy looked at me on the yeah. tube and he looked really annoyed and I must have done something to annoy him. Yeah. That Instead of like, you could just be smiling instead, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, that goes a long way in terms of like the energy that you're giving out. It's just a simple smile. Yeah, sometimes. definitely. And I've learned that even with this creative journey that it's not everything that you should say yes to. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the accolades and achievements we have here in the West mean nothing in mm. the East side of the world. Exactly. Like you can be the sickest... I don't even know, like sickest videographer, you shot everyone's music video, like you're making your money, everyone knows who you are, everyone mm. wants to work with you. But let's say you go to some rural village in Thailand, do you think they care about your music video yeah. um, showreel? No, they don't. They yeah. care about the value that you have to contribute yeah. to this moment. Yeah. So it goes to show that real value is in your character as opposed yeah. to your achievements. And I think in anything that you're doing, you have to focus more on your character mm. than get, getting lost in building all these achievements because you can have all these achievements and you're, you're cool on paper and people want to be around you based on the idea of you, but then they don't like the reality of yeah. you because you're not very nice. Yeah. 
what, what would you say then would be the things that you've or the, actually what would be the things that you say the struggles you've come across within the creative world or industry we want to call it and the kind of biggest lessons you've learned off the back of those the biggest struggles i've come across in the creative industry are learning that things are going to take longer than you think they will be and it's really hard to not compare yourself like even to this day i still compare myself to people then i remind myself that mm. the person i'm comparing myself to most likely is comparing herself to someone else who's comparing herself to someone else so yeah. it all comes back to you understanding your own value and understanding that you have been given the life you have for a reason and you are in complete charge of not just finding yourself but creating yourself mm -hmm. um and so being on a creative journey has taught me that you don't necessarily have to rely on the opportunities that are out there. You can literally create opportunities by yourself. Like mm. I've seen so many people like Roll Safe, who's yeah. <laughs> like he, cre he created that opportunity by himself. That all came from his imagination yeah. and now it's a real thing. And he's a full on actor, he's actually doing his thing. Yeah. And so I think what that can teach everyone is that if you, if there's something about you that you think has value, then remain stubborn in that and yeah. continue repeating yourself because someone's finally going to someone be like what was it you said again then they're actually going to listen to you yeah. like with me i've been repeating this message that i have for years and mm. people are only just starting to actually stop and listen to what yeah. i have to say like this isn't something that i just woke up and chose to do overnight mm. it's something that has, it's been it's been i've been about it since and you're gonna in this creative industry, you're going to have to be about it for a while before someone chooses to actually give you their time, especially when there are a lot of people that have larger profiles than you. Mm. It's easy for you to feel like you're never going to be noticed. But yeah. that person once had to fight to be noticed. Yeah. And number two, like you can you still you're still in the position of creating something that nobody else can create because nobody else can be you and every single person has a name, therefore they have a story, therefore you have something valuable and valid about you that people will listen to. It's just dependent on how you choose to present that story and when you feel the moment is right. Yeah. But with enough persistence and belief in that, you literally it literally will happen. It's just, it's exactly the same as you planting a seed in soil in a position where the sun is, if you continue watering it, it will germinate and grow yeah. into a plant which becomes a beanstalk. Like it will happen. There's no way you can plant a seed in soil and it's not going to grow. In the same way, there's not there's no way you're you're gonna work hard and nothing's gonna come of it mm. at all. It's not possible. Something will come of it. It might not even be what you think it's going to be, but something will come of your hard work. Yeah. And that's I I find as well a lot of the younger generation I wouldn't say fail to see that. I think maybe f struggle to understand that behind anything is a lot of hard work. And they yeah. kind of just see like, you know, even like with what you do, for example, people might see you and go, oh my God, but she only tweets and she only does this. Yeah. Like, why has she got this? And why is she doing girl. that? And why, yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Like, and X, Y, and Z and all these reasons. Yeah. But it's like, they don't actually understand the amount of time and hours and um, things that you've done along the journey over the course of the last you know what three four years or whatever mm -hmm. it may be um, and only see the kind of goal or the moment where you're at now right um but also i think that a lot of that comes down to schools and schools not actually educating enough about 
that people just think like success is instantaneous like an instagram like like it's just gonna yeah yeah you can just do it and you're right you know they see people set up an instagram account and blow overnight and they think that everyone can do it everyone has the right to do it but even still a lot of hard work has to go into it so what kind of things do you think the school system could do to Mm -hmm. better educate younger people first of all yeah first of all the education system is incredibly outdated Mm. um it's shocking that we still don't have a mental health day at school. Like we have, I don't know if you remember Jeans for Jeans Day, yeah, or you know, yeah. we're bringing the pound, wear yeah. jeans to school, book day, like book day stuff, yeah. children in need day, yeah. all these things to make money for charities, but there is not a mental health day. There are several mental health charities. There should be a mental health day in school where for one day of the year, at least just one day in the year, you get psychologists come in or therapists come in and each child gets to talk to them for 15 minutes mm. and you could do activities all based around their mental well-being. That should yeah. be a thing. But the educational system is focused more on on teaching us to be reliant on the government. So yeah. like we never are taught about ways in how to handle taxes or like taught ways in which to ways in how to be successful without having a job that's come from yeah. uni. Like I didn't even know that it's possible to make money off web content until I started doing it. Like, yeah. I didn't even know that's a thing. If yeah. I, I never would have, you know, been a child that was like seven and be like, what do I mean when you grow up? I want to be a blogger. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing yeah. at the time. We're only taught that you can be a doctor, policeman, lawyer, lawyer firefighter, teacher. Yeah. Like, all the, gen- not necessarily generic, but... Yeah, already. yeah, like, that's all we're taught. Um, schools don't teach children to dream big enough. Um, schools make children feel like they have to fit into boxes. Schools categorize children. So you have like the top set and the, yeah. the low set slash special needs set. And so what that does is it makes children feel like they can't achieve enough because yeah. they're in a special needs or a low set. Yeah. And all the kids in the top set always get the best opportunities like going to Thought Park because they're <laughs> yeah. well behaved and they get all the best grades. Yeah. But Schools that make enough effort to understand why those children are the way they are. There's a saying that goes, you can't observe the behavior of crabs in a bucket without first understanding how the crabs got into the bucket. So you can't just be dismissing those children because of their difficult ways of learning or their difficult behavior. They are literally a direct product of the environment that they're being raised in. And so more, I feel like more focus needs to be put on those children who need that help because they grow up to be the kids that are misunderstood yeah or they grow up to be those kids that are extremely successful um with popping careers mainly creative careers and it's spurred mainly by not being understood and it's spurred mainly by being overlooked i think it's important that every child is given the opportunity to achieve at something because everybody likes to feel like they've achieved something yeah especially with children that's why we have the concept of stickers and like the the sticker chart and like every child loves getting a sticker that says i participated or yeah, just yeah, something yeah. like everyone needs to feel like they've achieved something and that's why i feel like something like mental health day is extremely important because it's not something that you need to be skilled at as a child to excel at or yeah. you need to just show up and share your story with someone that can help you and that you can get a sticker from that or like a key ring or just something. I think it's really important that we increase the frequency in which every child feels like they've achieved something because when you feel like you've achieved something, then you feel more inspired to want to learn and achieve something again. 
Yeah, and even like what you were saying about children maybe feeling inadequate because they're in lower sets, it's like that kind of sets them up for the rest of their mm -hmm. life of constantly feeling pressured or inadequate or not good enough or whatever yeah. it may be. And it kind of does play a massive part of then what will, you know, the state of their mental health or whatever it may be. And it's, you know, I, I work with some kids who, um, uh, you know, over the years they've done like the year nine exams, whatever they're called now, these people. Yeah, SATs, SATs yeah. Um, they, you know, they're just about to go and do their GCSEs this year and like the pressures they're under just to get yeah. good exam results. It's like, it's not healthy for 15, 16 year old kids to be under that much pressure, like having, like being forced to do extra lessons, being forced to do weekend stuff, staying after school. It's like, it creates anxiety from a very mm -hmm. young age mm -hmm. and it's no wonder like the state of the millennials or everyone yeah. them, that everyone's kind of suffering in some way either in silence or openly and it all stems from you know not saying blame in schools but a lot of it no, can it, stem it, from that environment honestly i didn't even i only recently understood that i had major serious serious anxiety as a child i remember when i was mm. in year seven and that was when i first started secondary school and my parents were like super pressuring me to like excel and I remember in my maths lessons, if I didn't understand the question, yeah. or if I didn't understand the task I was given, and I've like put my hand up too many times, so I'm already like anxious because I put my hand up too many times, so I look stupid, and the teacher is tired of explaining herself. I only just burst into tears, mm. sat in the class, full on snot on my face, <laughs> looking at my book, tears falling onto my book, just crying because I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. And your brain reaches that point where you just reach like shutdown mode and you focus on crying instead of trying to actually understand what you're being taught because you're so you're beating yourself up for not understanding. And that definitely was what created that anxiety in mm. me, like being scared of disappointing people by yeah. asking too many questions or asking for help too much. And I think that's where the fear of asking for help comes from in our later adult life, because you don't want to be an inconvenience to someone by saying, sorry, can you repeat that? Or yeah. sorry, I need you to explain that a bit better. Can you please help me make sense of this? Yeah. It comes from school, I think. Yeah, and hopefully that, you know, that will kind of come around to being sorted out and kind of improved upon in schools because I feel like that is can be a big issue it's not I'm not saying it's for everyone but it can mm -hmm. be for a lot of people um, and it's horrible to think that it starts at such a young kind of vulnerable age mm -hmm. when you don't even realize it's happening you don't even know who you are exactly. yet you're really like yeah. anxious about exactly Ugh. yeah okay so on a more positive note <laughs> <laughs> what's next for you as oh you obviously so you've mentioned the book you, yeah have you got any other plans lined up um, what's coming for you next um so I'm trying to get more into doing radio. Mm -hmm. um, I have a slot at Radar Radio yeah. once a month. Yeah. That's all. It's two exciting projects, to be fair, like a book and, and a, a new yeah, radio show. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, it sounds It amazing. is really fun. Yeah. I get to be like in control of the content yeah. I speak about. And like it's just really, really fun. Yeah. Um, because what happened was that I didn't even apply for the show. It was actually Jams that put put in a oh, word really? for me. Yeah, she put in a word for me at Gavin at Radar. Mm. She was like, Chitty's really cool. I think you should speak and just hear what she has to say. I think it'd be really great if she had a slot. So I spoke with Gavin and he's really, really supportive and understanding. And he's like, yeah, you'd be really cool. Like, mm. here's the kind of things that we feel that you would fit into at Radar, just go for it. And he's been so supportive. Um, so I feel like even with that in life, um, if you continue to stick to your message, be extremely stubborn with your message, eventually opportunities will gravitate towards you. You won't even have to seek opportunities. Like yeah. majority of the opportunities that I get just come to me in my email. Like I don't even, yeah, like I, I don't even necessarily sit there like typing up proposals or pitches to people. I don't even need to do that anymore. Yeah, I'm literally just chilling and then stuff just comes to me because 
I'm consistent in my message and I'm very headstrong with my value. And so brands and people and companies see that and they're like, well, she's really cool. This is mm. where she can fit in with us. But then I'm also very recently learning the importance of saying no. Like yeah. this morning, got a phone call to be in some like music video and I was just like, no, thank you. I don't want to do it if it's not paid. It was a high profile, but I'm like, it's, it's not about the profile. It's just for me, it just feels like it's just not going to... Yeah. If it's not taking me any closer, yeah. or it's, it's I might be something that feels forced. Like feels forced, yeah. yeah. I just feel like in life right now, if it is not taking you any closer to where you want to be, for example, you want to be a radio presenter. If the opportunity does not take you any closer to you being the radio presenter you want to be, and it's not worth you doing because your time should be dedicated extremely solely to you mm -hmm. building that goal. Yeah. So it's important to say no just as much as you say yeah. yes. It doesn't make you a bad person for saying no. Yeah. Which is a great bit of advice. Yeah, like, I've had to learn that. that. Yeah, and it's you know it's good that you're able to now share that and like try and get that into people's heads. You know. Yeah. Um. So right. So before we sign out, I've got two more questions for you. Yay! So, first one is if you could give your younger self some advice, what three things would you tell yourself to start doing, and what one thing would you tell yourself to stop doing? Okay, three things I would tell myself to start doing are. Please get a notebook. A lot of people don't have a notebook, you know. Yeah. Like, at my big age, I only just got a notebook, like, this year. Yeah. Before, I don't know what I was doing, but I was clearly yeah. not doing the right thing. Like, I was just roaming around with my iPhone thinking I could just take things down in meetings and notes. That yeah. is so bad. Get a notebook. Like, actually get a notebook and actually note things down. Mm. Um, as in, proper, because it makes you look prepared as well. It makes you look serious. Like, if you're going to a meeting, it's actually okay to have notes prepared in your yeah. notebook. Like let's say you're going for an interview, you don't have to memorize the day the company was founded and like what the, the, the cousin of the founder, you don't have to know that. You can write it down in your notebook. It, it actually even looks better when you have it written down because it shows that you're prepared and mm. you care enough to make the notes. <clears throat> Another thing as well that I would tell my younger self to start doing is create an affirmation book. This is something I started doing this year and it's literally my witchcraft. Mm. So what it is, it's like an A5 sized notebook. It's not a diary, but on each page, I write the date on the top left corner, mm -hmm. and then right in the middle of the page, I write down something that I am hell-bent on achieving, and mm. you have to write it down with full confidence, no matter how specific or out of reach it sounds. So one of the things I wrote down was, I'm going to make a TV appearance this year. Mm. And I wrote that on the 8th of January, and literally like last, was it last week or two weeks ago, my the, an, an advert I did with BET was oh, air wow. on BET. Yeah. So I wrote that down. So yeah. I literally predicted that. Yeah. So you have to actually be crazy enough to dream really, really big. Like you literally have to sound, you almost have to sound like Kanye sounds, yeah. but to yourself. Yeah. So like, I've written all kinds of things. I've written things that like I'm going to be on a red carpet with my boyfriend on a red carpet. Yeah. I've written things down like I'm going to be in a high budget music video. Yeah. Like I've written all that down because that's what I want for myself. And yeah. it's really important as well that you, you don't rely on someone else to tell you whether what you want is good or not. Mm. Like you just believe that it's, that's what you want for yourself. You're not harming anybody or offending anybody. Then by all means want that. If you want that, like write it down for yourself. Yeah. Um, another thing I tell my younger self to do more of is give people five minutes. So what that means is, even if you don't necessarily agree with someone, still make the effort to understand why they think in yeah. that way, because everybody thinks that they're right. And I don't think anybody deliberately wants to be an idiot. So you kind of have to 
like spend less time dragging people and spend more time actually being like, okay, maybe this is why this person is the way that they are because it all comes back to self-understanding in it. So like the more you understand yourself, the more you can understand other people. So in making the effort to understand other people, you are building more substance and character within yourself. Because I used to be the kind of person that would be like, if I hear you say something that comes across to me as ignorant, I'll be like, oh my gosh, you are canceled. Don't ever come near me. You are actual yeah. corrosive human being. Do not, I don't even want to hear from you. Just please just cease to exist. But now, if you say something really out of line, I'll just hear what you said. Yeah. I'm not even going to fight you back. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to hear what you said and understand that something in life has happened to you to make you be this level of stupid. So I'm not even going to yeah. argue with you. I'm going to just let you continue doing that. I'm not going to try and change your mind. It's not my place to change the world. Yeah. It's my place to change myself, not the world, innit? And if the world happens to change because of me, then that's really great. Yeah. But it's not my direct mission in life. It's not my place to change the world. So I'm going to leave you to be ignorant, but I'm not going to hate you or fight you or judge you for that. And then one thing I'll tell my younger self to stop doing is stop trying to be liked. Because most of the time when you're trying to be liked, you are trying to be liked by people who don't even like themselves. Mm. Like everyone is still trying to like themselves. Like even me, I'm still making the effort to be like, okay, I need to stop disliking this about myself. Mm. Like even with Saki Boobs Matter, that was recently me being like, okay, I need to stop obsessing over my boobs and just get over it. Like there's better things in life to do. Yeah. And there's more important things to worry about. Like people literally, their houses are flooding. Like no one cares about your boobs, shitty. Yeah. So like um, trying to, because if, when you try to be liked, then you're not being yourself, innit? Yeah. If you're, because if everyone likes you, then you're not genuine. I've had to learn that. Because like, a lot of people that I've met and they seem to get along with every single person. And I find that extreme, that's like the major, that's like the biggest red flag, like super, like three meter wide red flag. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a major red flag. Because like, if everyone likes you, then I'm sorry, but you're not being genuine. Yeah. Because it's not possible for everyone to like you. How can you get along with everyone, please? That's just like, that's yeah. ridiculous. Because with me, I know for sure that there are loads of people who dislike me, but they have their own reasons and those reasons are justified to them. It's not my job to be liked. If anything, it's my job to like myself. Yeah. Um. So trying to be liked is literally setting yourself up for disappointment because you are distracting yourself from the job of being a better person by trying to appease people who are literally still figuring them own, their own selves out. Like you can never be enough for someone who doesn't even know what they want. So if you're trying to be liked, you're literally driving yourself to actual insanity. So yeah, yeah I'll tell my younger self, stop trying to be liked. Sweet, cool, that's good. I Thank think that, you. Do you know, that's the one that comes up a lot actually, is stop comparing yourself, stop trying yeah. to be liked. I think it's, a, it's something that everyone's very um, sucked into doing within, you mm -hmm. know, like we've already spoken about the social media world. Like you can't help it at times, but it's, it's not healthy at all. Um, so last question. Um, what would be your ultimate happiness goal? And you already said like boyfriend, red carpet, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. But what would be like for you, like the ultimate happiness goal? Ultimate happiness goal would be me not overthinking everything. Like a day where I don't actually revisit a five year ago event and be like, you should have handled yourself better. You should yeah. have embarrassed yourself. Like ultimate life goal for me is just clarity. Like for me, happiness is clarity and clarity is peace and peace is just acceptance. Yeah. So me accepting that everything has happened as it should have happened. It was out of my control. 
I did the best that I could do for the person I was at that moment because you can only act according to what life has taught you. So happiness and contentness in life comes from literally being like, okay, this is how my life has turned out. I could have behaved better. I can't go back in time, but I can behave better right now. So what I'm going to do is be better right now. And it's just that perspective of understanding that you're where you need to be and that what is meant for you will literally come and find you. So right now, all you have to focus on doing is keeping your organs alive and not being a horrible person. So yeah, I think happiness and peace is just clarity. Nice, like that, that's good. (laughs) Okay, so can you let the people know who are listening where they can find you online? How can they keep up to date with you? Where they can find your work, et cetera? You can find me on every social media platform at The Slum Flower, as in T-H-E-S-L-U-M-F-L-O-W-E-R. <laughs> and my website is theslumflower.com. Cool. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much uh, for having me. It's been me. amazing. Like, such a like, fun yeah, conversation. Loads of great stuff. Um, hopefully, you guys listening have, have picked up loads of stuff from, from Chidi there. There's loads and loads of amazing information even just quotes to be honest like everything (laughs) so um hopefully there's a little bit of inspiration for you guys out there to do what you want to do um and carry on kind of chasing your dreams so yeah thank you thank you for having me no worries so there we have it guys that was the slum flower story and her you know amazing energy and positivity and message that she carries of self-love and empowerment and as, as i said there's a lot of really great nuggets of information in there and quotes and you can sense from the way that she lives her life that she's very assured of herself and she's very much in tune with what she wants to create and what she wants to achieve and I think that's a very important thing to take forward in anything you want to do be it in life in work in relationships is to have that clarity for yourself so thanks again for listening if you do like what you hear head over to iTunes subscribe to the podcast by searching dreamers disease You can also follow the Instagram account, dreamsdisease underscore podcast, or you can follow me personally on Twitter at IamAlexManzi. Let me know your thoughts and any questions you have, as it's great to hear what you guys think as well. So I'll see you next time. And most importantly, go out there and chase those dreams.